of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Tuesday the 3rd. You're tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Cavalli. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning. We haven't talked to Happy each other New Year. since last year. How are you? Happy New Year. <laughs> I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are your New Year's <laughs> resolutions holding up? I don't do those. Oh, I told right, you that. That's right, that's so right. they're great. Yeah, well, good. <laughs> Others have fallen by the wayside by this January 3rd. I didn't have any. <laughs> well, we'll have to see what our uh, first guest on the line, if uh, his New Year's resolutions are still I, holding I don't strong. Even, I don't know if he does that. Brad well, we'll McElhenney see. is uh, our statewide, statewide correspondent, excuse me, statewide correspondent for Metro News. Welcome in. Do you do resolutions? Hey. You know, I, I am like you. I, I don't really do specific New Year's resolutions, but I do think, boy, coming out of Thanksgiving and it's carb fest and then <laughs> Christmas and all the treats, I do try to be more conscious, I think, of um, trying to have a salad. <laughs> no, man, I, I, I've exercised two days in a row. Wow. Um, I wouldn't call it a workout, but I have, I have exercised two days in a row. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm good there. So I, I think, you know, I just think you're better off if you double down on good, healthy habits, but maybe don't make hard and fast rules that you're going to break and depress yourself and say, well, I, I broke that and now it's over and I'm done. And I'm not doing it anymore. That's right. Cause then think- you spiral, right? You spiral. And then yeah. you're like, let me just eat that whole box of donuts. Yeah, like never mind. Yeah, but why I, not? I do think, yeah, a, a general vibe of I'm gonna, I'm gonna be healthy in the new year. I think that's a good thing. Well, maybe that's why all the donuts are still sitting out there on the table. Maybe everybody's thinking, you know what? Maybe Same I don't time. need. Maybe I don't need that extra donut. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't need that second, third, fourth donut on right. the day. You know, or they don't want to be the first to get it. Well, uh, anyways, Brad, we're only three days into this new year, so uh, that doesn't. So one would think that doesn't give the news cycle uh, enough time to really get going, but I'm sure that's not necessarily the case. Hey, I, I am calling you at the Hoppy Kirchival building, and uh, no matter what other news is going around, the big news is uh, Hoppy's commentary today says he had thought he would retire this year, 2023. So and I thought he was retiring when he was saying that. It kind of took a little, a couple of us off guard there this morning. Yeah, but hanging around, uh, you know, it does say he intends to take more time off this year. Well, I, I personally am curious about how that goes because he is a very hands-on person, um, has a little trouble letting up, I think. But, uh, but he, he, you know, assessed the value he gets out of his coworkers, um, his job, his, his ability to act on being curious and, 
and asked people questions and has decided to hang around with us. So the Hoppy Kirchival building, not named for an esteemed retiree, <laughs> but instead an active and valuable colleague of ours. Now, of course, he's still hanging around for the time being. But, uh, you know, when that time does come, who would be kind of next man up to try to try to fill the shoes of Hoppy Kirchival? Do you know? Oh, man, I, I keep hearing your name bounce around. <laughs> you don't want me. <laughs> you don't want me doing that. Wow. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have thought about that, but he's he's irreplaceable. He does yeah. so many things. Um, it, it's incredible. Hosting a two-hour show, writing a daily commentary. Um, he is at the center of our statewide sports broadcast. Uh, just came off a round of, you know, doing the package of, of bowl pregames and halftimes that we do national coverage. And, you know, when I talked to him this morning, he said, well, I'm starting to think about going to Charleston now. Uh, that, that's been disrupted the last couple of years because of, of, you know, COVID and the Capitol is such an old building where you can get, you can come down with something going, sweeping through the building in the best of times. But he's planning on returning to the Capitol on a regular basis, I think, this year. Well, we look and forward so, to his uh, his broadcast from, as he says, the belly of the beast. <laughs> uh, you should be tuned in and and uh, and uh, paying attention to all things general session as well as you normally are. So what are you looking uh, to, to be newsworthy coming out of the general session this year? Well, you know, the, this fight over, this dissatisfaction over how DHHR is performing, the Department of Health and Human Resources. And there is news about that this morning. Uh, Senator Charles Trump, Senator from, from your region, continuing to be very concerned about the status of, of Child Protective Services and the, the child welfare system in West Virginia. Uh, Trump, of course, sent a letter to then Secretary Bill Crouch just a few weeks ago saying, look, we, we hardly have any child protective services workers where I'm from, and it's causing troubles in the court system. The system is just not solid for kids who don't have a solid home life. And he was deeply concerned, wanted, wanted some answers about how DHHR was going to move forward in solidifying that support for West Virginia's vulnerable youth. And, you know, said in that letter, I, I expect an answer and don't, don't be vague with me. Well, today's letter says he didn't really get an answer, but it's, this is a combo letter from, from Senator Trump and from his colleagues, Majority Leader Tom Tacubo and Senate Finance Chairman Eric Tarr, laying out a series of bullet points for, for action that they would like to see for DHHR to get a handle on West Virginia's child welfare system. And I got to give them credit. I mean, it's not just the system's in trouble. We're complaining about it. They're offering bullet point after bullet point after bullet point of, of ideas and, and have asked, Secretary Kraut is now out. He's retired, uh, retired suddenly. And that is now, the retirement is now active. Uh, so the letter went to uh, Jeffrey Coburn, who is, the interim secretary. WVU's, he's the interim secretary and WVU's public health dean. Um, so went to, to the powers that be at DHHR, uh, you know, with some, again, pretty, pretty blunt language. Mm -hmm. The Senate is deeply concerned about the current state of numerous programs 
housed within the West Virginia Department of Health and Human Resources and is committed to doing anything in its power to make and facilitate market improvements, particularly in the area of child welfare. They go on to say we've been stuck in neutral on the side of the hill. Doing nothing is causing us to go in the opposite direction of where we want to be. We have to move past just talking about how broken CPS is, Child Protective Services, and actually fix it. This is not something that can wait. So this is, this is again, another shot in this ongoing issue. Um, I mean, it's, it is a political issue, but I, I take them at their word that they are deeply concerned and want to work on figuring out some answers. Well, it has and to get the uh, that, that's going to be a major issue going into this session has to get the attention of, of uh, the interim secretary when the Senate sends you a letter that letter dated yesterday. The first line, hey, congratulations on your new appointment. And then the bulk of the rest of the letter is here's what we're really worried about. And getting that information to him and letting him know that the Senate is very concerned about the state of CPS and CPS workers in the state um, hopefully means that some changes will will occur. Yeah, and, I, you know, I, I think that these are intent, entrenched problems in West Virginia. The, the problems with the child welfare system are uh, intrinsically related to the, the drug crisis, the addiction issues around West Virginia with, with parents and adults just, in many cases, unfortunately unable to, to maintain their own households. And uh, the kids are the ones losing out, and the state has had to step in. And it has been overwhelmed, but there has been also this this dysfunction and inability to retain the workers. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's not a political issue that that these are senators, and you hear this from delegates too, that they they get calls from uh, members of their community just overwhelmed and frustrated, and they are acting on it. Uh, and I agree that. that a stern letter, a stern and detailed letter like this from the three of them has got to get the attention of the acting secretary as well as the rest of the Justice Administration. So now, of course, this this past year, the year that is in the rear view was an election cycle and uh, typically things get bogged down, become political footballs. But um, one of the the big items of interest was the idea of either tax rebates, tax cuts, et cetera. Uh, we looked to that to be revisited during the general session, correct? I think so. Um, you know, the caveat I have been, begun providing is <laughs> we've been talking about tax cuts uh, since 2016, the start of the Justice Administration, and haven't been able to agree between the three sides, the governor, the House, and the Senate. Uh, so here we go again uh, with the governor and I think both both chambers wanting to do an income tax cut, but boy, the relationship is just so bad between the governor and Senate leadership right now. Uh, that that is one factor. And then uh, again, what what shape will the tax cut take? Um, the, the money seems to be there at least for the time being to do it. The state is what two billion dollars up in terms of its revenue. Uh, so so just an incredible amount of money coming through the door. But I, I, I don't have a feel yet for if if there is a solid plan among the three actors, the, the governor and his administration and the House and the Senate. So we had uh, Delegate Paul Espinosa and, uh, on last week. One of the questions Jordan asked was, you know, how about these party affiliations, some of the changes that um, some of the, the candidates have made uh, switching parties? Is that going to change the makeup of – of how uh, how things happen, will 
will they start to affect um, their individual committees if they, you know, largely just changed party to to have some influence? It seems like with, uh, you know, these politicians doing this uh, so frequently that uh, there's no chance for there ever being, you know, any substantial Democratic Party in the West Virginia House. Oh, man. I mean, it, it kind of reflects the way it used to be where the Democrats were so dominant, but there were different kinds of Democrats. Um, the, the more conservative Democrats like Senator Manchin and then the more uh, progressive Democrats. Now it's the Republicans, uh, with some being more right wing and others being uh, more moderate. You know, I, I think one thing that you might see happen, unfortunately, is some of these big issues or, or even divisive issues, the Republican numbers are so dominant, they can go behind closed doors and caucus and make the decisions about what, what they're even going to pursue and, and what they can agree on behind closed doors in meetings that we, we really have no way of knowing about. Uh, you know, the, on the upside, they're all a bunch of gossips, so you can kind of hear what has happened. <laughs> but, you know, you don't necessarily see these issues going through the open process of committee. Uh, instead, you know, issues and, and policies and bills succeed or die behind the scenes, often in the House or the Senate in those caucus sessions. Well, that's why we look to you because your Rolodex is huge and, and you've got your ear to the wall in some of those uh, those meetings. I'm sure you'll you'll let uh, let us let Hoppy know during the general session uh, what we might be looking to see. And uh, we look forward to your coverage. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day, everybody. You thank too. You, Brad. Happy Take New care. Year. Happy New Year. And that's Metro News Statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney joining us on uh, the line. And uh, yeah, did you hear any of Hoppy's thing this morning? Any I was, of his commentary? I was so busy. I heard very little. Of her so I only heard the the tail end of it, and uh, you well, can I was read listening. It, yeah, you can you listen can read or it. read it. But I was li- like half listening, and then I heard at the end, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, is is Hoppy gone?" And he was like, "No, I'm going to be here. I'm still not going anywhere." So you heard like, oh. you heard the part that like got you out of the tailspin. Oh yeah, I was like, oh. Okay. So yeah, so if you go on wvmetronews.com. Um, typically, I don't know if they, they have the audio version there. I think it's on, it's, it's usually on Twitter, I think. Um, <laughs> I love the title. I'm still here. <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah. So if you look at the bot, if you scroll down, if you're on your phone, I don't know if it's that way on, on your desktop, scroll down towards the bottom of the page. Hoppy's commentary is there and January 3rd, I'm still here. That's right. It says I, the first line. I almost retired, <laughs> I know. but you know, you know, isn't that the thing though, when someone takes time off. You well, it makes, you, re- it makes you rethink, you yeah, know, because sleeping in is pretty powerful. Well, our jobs, especially, <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for Hoppy, but I can only assume about the amount is on his plate, which is, I'm sure, a significant amount. But uh, with all of us in this job, we get it's so easy to get so wrapped up into just everything to where mm-hmm. every almost waking hour, you know, you're kind of thinking about work or doing something that you after you're doing it like, oh, I can talk about that or do something, you know, mm-hmm. you get so wrapped up into it that you take a little extended period off. You're like, man, it's nice to not have my brain just kind of going at 300 miles an hour every you know, 30 seconds. So I can understand it, but I'm, I'm happy to say that uh, Hoppy, well, in his words, I'm still here. So we, I guess we have like a, a year long reprieve. He's yeah. doing he's doing really uh, apparently he and some of the gang are on ESPNU. Sometimes, oh, is that right? yeah, with their sports coverage. So he's not just he doesn't just do yeah. talk line. He does all these other things 
um, with the network. Nine so, hours of West Virginia football game day right? coverage every Saturday right. or Friday, I guess. Right. So, um, you know, obviously he's he's got his hand in a lot of things around uh, Metro News. So uh, it makes our lives a little easier to know that consistency is here and he'll yeah. be here for another year. But um, it it may be his way of softening the blow and saying, hey, guys, you need to start thinking about this <laughs> life. Post, start preparing post Kerchival, right? But you you brought up a really good question. If he leaves. Is it Brad? <laughs> is it Jeff Jenkins? Like, who is it? Right. Chris Lawrence. What if they call you up? Ugh, I don't want to be doing it. You, you wouldn't want to move to Morgantown. Well, I they mean, could, that's not necessarily. You know what? They could set you up. You are, after all, in the hoppy. Kerchival building. They could, they could just switch network control switch from Charleston network control. to Martinsburg. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Luke's told us that it's literally a button that they have to hit. And if they day. don't hit it, <laughs> the controls do not does switch someone get from fired? Charleston to Morgantown. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's there in the opener. To, hey, that's hey, exactly you're, there, why it's there. you're there sitting at the board. Hit Time the button. The hit, hit the button. It's like when uh, when you're hosting Panhandle Live. Hit the button. Hey, i got to hit this one. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys have that recorded somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. I'm oh sure it's out gosh. there. Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll step aside for a few minutes. Come back for more Panhandle Live after the break on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm, so West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And speaking of their historic location at 224 West King Street, Sutton & Janelle's historic location, you brought in a couple of uh, old vintage... Um, postcards. Postcards, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, and one of them here is the historic building at 224 West King Street, the former YMCA building. It's got a little description of it uh, on here. It was in operation from 1908 to 1932, and then it was Martinsburg City Hall until 1988. And it went all kinds of reno- cool. renovations and stuff, and it is a gorgeous building. And uh, I would have loved to see it back in its, in its day. Yeah, YMCA days, especially with that gym that you kind of walk into. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat. I've never been in that building, but um, shout out to Matt Umstead. Uh, who works for Berkeley County now and uh, spearheaded the 250th mm-hmm. commemoration. Uh, he had a table at the uh, at the uh, Apple Harvest Festival down at the mm-hmm. the celebrations that were done at the fairgrounds and uh, and they had reprinted all these historic uh, postcards and they are labeled with the 250th. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Um, you you were saying, oh yeah, I walk by this. I do that. You probably have more of a connection to these buildings. As a newbie, because you're right downtown, uh, than than I do. Well, that's I well. I would say yesterday uh, during the show, I was kind of looking through uh, on the journal's website because they did their um, kind of gear and review mm-hmm. top news stories and things. And their top news story was the Berkeley 250th commemoration, everything they did. And I would have to agree with them because as somebody that um, you know, I like learning about different things, especially in the places that I'm living at, and I'm right, you know, in town here and relatively new. Uh, so being able to go on their Facebook page for the 250, have things like these postcards and, you know, all the different events and stuff down at the library that they've done, that they did all year long, mm-hmm. uh, was super cool and so informational. I thought they did a really good job of keeping it uh, fun. Too, it's like they did it for you. I know. Because that stuff can get pretty boring. We all know. It can just be the same thing where you post an old mm-hmm. picture and there's like really no context or something like that. But I thought they did a really good job, Matt Umstead and the crew uh, with mm-hmm. Berkeley County 250th for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and if you go on social media, there's a historical society and of course. Give us the these Herf- coins, remember? Mm-hmm. 
yep. Keep it and coins. the Morgan Cabin Association also posts a lot of great things about uh, local history. We have our um, group of local historians that come on. So, yeah, we, we enjoy following that kind of thing here. Uh, I have many rant and uh, programming note uh, after the bottom of the hour news. Uh, Morgan County Sheriff Casey Boer will be on with us. But um, I, I went out uh, to get a little bite to eat this morning mm-hmm. and uh, I had to go through two traffic lights oh, gosh. and on both of them someone ran the red light now do you mean coming. they ran the red light as in they you could tell they were trying to beat the yellow and then they were just late type of thing i well running the red lights running the red light. it it was it was pretty blatant in the one uh, you know and i i, I kind of look for it so i'm one of those people that hangs back yeah and i make i make the mistake typically of stopping while it's yellow i'll just stop mm-hmm. you know i won't usually, I mean, that doesn't mean that I never like try to go through faster when it's yellow. <laughs> You'll get <But>, out yourself. <laughs> um, but, but so I came out of, um, you know, King street, I'm going on the interstate, mm-hmm. some guy, you know, cuts across. And if I hadn't been at- paying attention, I would have been out in the middle of the road already. Cause my light had turned green. Then I go down to, um, exit 12 and I'm turning left to go towards Foxcroft again. And, um, there are three of us waiting in line from the southbound ID one off ramp, right? So there were three opportunities for all of us to go into the lane when our lights turned green. Fortunately for this guy, we were all paying attention because it was really late. Our light had been green, and here he comes. He could have been hit by any of us or hit anybody. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, I'm thinking, it was it really worth blowing through that when any of us could have hit him? Then that would have meant traffic right. would have stopped dead. All of us would have had to have gotten our insurance out. You know, all of that stuff that would ruin your day. Your insurance goes up all to beat a light. Right. I don't get it. I feel like it's very, uh, not, I mean, I, I'll say this first. You should never run a red light, but it's definitely like a situational type of thing, right? It feels like, uh, like at Foxcroft, right? What's the point of running that red light? Cause you're just going to sit in that traffic anyways. Mm-hmm. You're not saving yourself literally any time. Now, right. if you're out, you know, middle of nowhere, you can see, you know, 16 miles either direction right. at some crossroads and maybe you're going to, you know, you're coming up close and you run through it. That's a different thing when you can tell everything. You can tell the situation. But like if it's downtown here at, uh, at Winchester Avenue where the 7-Eleven is, you have those weird like two couple oh, yeah. stop or three stoplights there in a row. People fly through those all the time and uh, just don't think twice. And it's like, what? What's it gaining you? It's not gaining it's not, you anything. You no, know? I don't understand it either. I don't. I don't understand the people who jockey up, past lanes, and then you end up, you know, they're right beside you at the same light after they've passed you. And yep. just, you yeah, look I know. Over and I look like that Kermit <laughs> meme, buddy. <laughs> My favorite thing, and this hasn't happened too often, but when I was having to uh, drive to Cumberland and back all the time, I would see this on sixty-eight, at least once a month. And somebody, you'd be going up or down a mountain and somebody's, you know, tailgating you real close. You can mm-hmm. tell they're getting all frustrated and then you finally have a chance to get over and then they fly by and they stare at you or do whatever. Uh-huh. Then you don't see them for a few miles. Then all of a sudden, a little bit further down, you start to see some police lights. Ooh. And you get a little closer, Ooh. you see they're on the side. Ah. And then you see that that person that was going crazy got pulled over. Wow. And I just lay on the horn every time. Just beep at him. <laughs> like, hey, I see you. Like, what would that help you? Now, now you're going to be an hour late. Vindication, right? Yeah, absolutely. Vindication. Absolutely. Well, I guess we got to get to our bottom of the hour break. And then on the other side, we'll have uh, Morgan County Sheriff Casey Bohr. That's right. After the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST. Part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. 
Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And joining us via phone is Morgan County Sheriff Casey Borer. Welcome in. Happy New Year, guys. Good Happy morning. New Year. Happy New Year, Sheriff. Hey. So, how, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jordan. Well, we asked uh, Brad McElhenney this uh, at the beginning of the show, so I'll ask <laughs> you this also before we really get going uh, into talking about things. Uh, do you have any New Year's resolutions? And if you do, how are they going three days into 2023? Uh, no and, and no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've ever followed through with one, so, you know, why lie to myself? <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't That's think you're smart. alone in that uh, reasoning. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's something people like to do, and uh, probably by the 1st of February, they couldn't even remember what it was. 1st of February, probably yeah, middle about, of January. Yeah, the second week of January. <laughs> yeah, you made me, made me right. So um, the January course, New Year's, is, is in the rear view, but how was New Year's Eve and New Year's Day from a law, law enforcement perspective in Morgan County? Much better than Christmas and Christmas Day, but uh, it was really good. Uh, you know, today's first day back for me. Yesterday was a holiday. I'm looking over the deputies' activity, and looks like it was uh, pretty routine, if not even less than routine. So that's always a good thing to see when you come back to work and start checking activities. And of course, you mentioned airports. you mentioned Christmas, uh, the 23rd. There was that event at, at Coolfont Resort in the parking lot where. It sounds as though it was a murder-suicide. Um, so that has to be traumatic for officers to respond to. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, we we get desensitized to this somewhat. But, you know, the holidays sometimes uh, makes it a little more uh, you kind of realize, you know, that it is the holidays and you feel it's so gut-wrenching for the families and, you know, and, this particular incident, I did talk to some of the families by phone. Uh, so, you know, I just, my heart goes out and my prayers go out to them. No matter what side of the incident they're on, you know, everybody is a victim in the family. And these were not residents of Berkeley Springs or Morgan County, right? These were Maryland folks? No, these were Maryland folks, Hancock and Hagerstown, Maryland folk. And uh, uh, the victim was uh, an employee of Cool Font and you know, it's sad for them too. You know, it's a it's a beautiful resort. I don't know if you've been there. Uh, my wife and I go there quite frequently with friends for dinner, and it's just a great place to get away. But you know, it's traumatic to the people that work there too to have a a co-worker you know killed. Absolutely. But, um, you know, having been in this profession for a long time, uh, and unfortunately, even that night. I had mentioned to my wife, I said, you know, I wonder what the Christmas tragedy tragedy will be. Um, you know, over the years in Berkeley County and, and where I work primarily, you know, we think back over the years of having Christmas tragedies, be fatality crashes, murders, suicides. Um, I particularly remember one incident where we had a family drown down in Berkeley County on Christmas Eve, and, you know, we had to look for the kids and things in, in the water and you know, we have these Christmas tragedies. We have them all the time, but when they come around the holidays, it just seems to amplify the, the trauma for everyone involved. Goodness. So our guest this morning is Morgan County Sheriff Casey Bohr, uh talking about some of the, the uh, notable events that happened in the past uh, couple of weeks. One of the things that I, I just wanted to get your um, 
your take on uh, it's been in our news cycle uh, since the beginning of December when it, we were made aware that uh, someone had released a video or portion of a video on TikTok, and uh, it, it appeared to show some tense moments during an arrest that happened after an incident at the Troubadour. And um, yes. and the, the, the people on TikTok who posted at the OP said, you know, TikTok, do your thing. It garnered a lot of interest. And I contacted you and you said that you were asking for an independent investigation. So uh, where does that stand right now? That's correct. Um, you know, in this incident that's drawn a lot of attention, um, as of today, probably... I've got well over 250 pieces of hate mail or phone calls from all over the country. I'm not sure if they're actually generated by the people who say who they are or they're just some sort of an anti-law enforcement group. But nevertheless, uh, this was brought to my attention, and uh, I felt it was best uh, for integrity of the department to have an independent investigation. That investigation is, is happening so I have really no comment on that at this time other than to say that, you know, law enforcement sometimes is very unfairly targeted uh, when someone releases a portion of any video that doesn't have the totality of the circumstances. And uh, we do have the totality of the circumstances. So your your officers, as I asked you earlier um, in the month, in, in December, your officers did have body cams on, right? Yes, and this is a two and a half to three minute video, uh, as you mentioned, that you know doesn't provide context of a several minute arrest incident. So, um, and I'm sure you'll you'll let us know when all of this gets resolved as far as the independent investigation. They'll release a report of some sort. When I am permitted to um, by the investigation, and also if there's any civil action that, that happens to be filed, whether I can or not. Uh, sometimes we're not allowed to release certain things because of civil liability, but um, you know, I I look forward to being able to um, release the truth of the matter. And um, the officers are still on duty, right? Yes. And we're speaking with Morgan County Sheriff Casey Bohr. Uh We are into 2023, so uh, transitioning towards looking forward into this year. What are some of the uh, main kind of bullet points on your to-do list, objectives for uh, not just, of course, Berkeley County or Berkeley Springs, but uh, Morgan County in general? Well, one thing I'm kind of excited about is uh, I was able to work with uh, Senator Trump uh, and some of our other local delegations to be able to um, fund a traffic trailer signboard for Morgan County. Um, you know, we have a lot of traffic issues with 522, which I affectionately call the two-lane interstate. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you've probably seen them in Berkeley County. Sheriff Harmon's got a couple out where you have the traffic trailers that you can put out in problem areas where there's speeding and reckless driving because you can't always station an officer there, you know, for sometimes even an hour because of calls but uh, to remind people that they're driving too fast or to slow down. And also these signboards have the capability of putting messages on them. If there's a crash or a highway that's shut down or, you know, that sort of thing, we didn't have that resource in Morgan County. So we've got one now. Hopefully we'll be able to deploy it soon. Uh, So that'll be a good thing for public safety and highway safety. Um, January signals get ready for the budget. And, um, 
We've been meeting with the county commission on some projects that we'd like to look forward to. Uh, one thing we always look forward to, and you know, I always give a shout out to our, our county commission. Uh, the county commission that I work with up here are three great guys who always um, work well with us, and uh, we have an open dialogue. So you know, when you have that, and they're very supportive. That's very. Uh, very important to a sheriff or a sheriff's department. So uh, we're looking forward to our budget this year. Hopefully we can uh, foster up some more uh, pay raises for the the guys because we're probably one of the, even though we've made great strides in my six years and brought their salaries up probably in the neighborhood of 15000 we still got a long way to go. You've got, you know, Berkeley County, um, Martinsburg PD, Jefferson, and plus Virginia, Maryland are always recruiting officers. And when you're the lowest paid, you know, you, you, you have those concerns that they'll, they'll pick your officers and, um, you know, you, you can't, um, you can't fault the officers for wanting to do the best they can for their personal lives and their family. So we look forward to doing that. Uh, I heard you talking this morning about DHHR. Uh, we've been working with, the legislature, our DHHR system, uh, has a lot of improvement it needs, uh, especially in the areas of child protective services, adult protective services, mental hygiene. So, you know, we're working with the legislature through the West Virginia Sheriff's Association. As you well know, when we had the legislative interims in November, we were here and talking to you guys about things that we're concerned about and improvement. So, uh, looking forward to the legislature and looking forward to improvements and working with them uh, coming up very soon. And uh, one more question. I know earlier in the year, uh, last year, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, you had you'd put a little note out that said, "Hey, deputy reserves, can't, you know, we you can't just request us on a dime. You need to to mm-hmm. give us advance notice. Uh, what is the procedure, and and who uses deputy reserve uh, services?" Oh my! Um, first of all, shout out to those guys. They're all volunteer members of the sheriff's department. Uh, who uh, do the, the thankless jobs sometimes that we can't get to uh, Apple Butter Festival. You know, they control all the traffic for that. Uh, a lot of the football games, basketball games, uh, fire department events, all the things that happen all over the county throughout the year that you can't station an officer there because of manpower, but the deputy reserves take care of that. I don't have the sheet in front of me now, but they work sometimes as much as 2,000 unpaid hours a year um, for us. And uh, without them, we wouldn't be able to serve the community as well as we do. Uh, we're looking forward to doing our recruitment campaign after the first of the year because we'll have another Deputy Reserve Academy starting soon. And uh, anybody that thinks they'd like to be in a, in a support role with law enforcement, please call us. We'd love to have you. A lot of these people are retired uh, professional people who come in and donate their services and do all these sort of things to help the community. And without them, I don't, you know, I, I don't know what we do. Uh, the thing that I put out was many, many times, and it happens over holidays, you'll have people request um, a week before an event. That doesn't always work when you have volunteers mm-hmm. because they have a life, they have a schedule, and we have other folks that want them. I know in particular in the first part of December, uh, we had some events scheduled and I had some other wonderful organizations said, can you send deputy reserves? And it's like, no, I'm sorry, I can't. You didn't request it till a week before, and we've already scheduled them to do other things. So, you know, 30 days notice is, is a wonderful thing to have. 
Well, one last question for you, Sheriff. You mentioned 522. How is that uh, project going along out there? They, I'm sure they probably didn't take, if they did take a break, not too long of a break during the holidays, but how's that coming along? They did, and I was actually coming through that area this morning. Um, you know, as bad as the weather is today, they're out there. Uh, Trumbull, the organization that's doing that right now, uh, Mike Parker, who's their superintendent, they're wonderful people to work with. They stay in touch with us a lot and let us know and so we can help them and they can help us. And, you know, it's progressing. From my office window, I can look out right now and see big machine. It's, you know, when you're when you're a kid and you had Tonka toys, they got the big Tonka toys mm-hmm. to watch them. So that's kind of entertaining. Well, again, we've been speaking with Morgan County Sheriff Casey Boris. Sheriff, thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your morning uh, to chat with us here on Panhandle Live. Uh, we always enjoy that. And Happy New Year to everybody that uh, listens to your show. And, you know, George and I and Nathan and everybody that gets a chance to get together, we talk about how supportive you all are to our function. So we appreciate you all very, very much. Well, we're happy to do it. Thank you for calling in, Sheriff. All right. You guys have a good day. You too. Take care. Yeah, that's Morgan County Sheriff Casey Boer calling in uh, from his office there in uh, Morgan County. And a lot of interesting stuff is that he's certainly been busy. Him and his uh, deputies and things, they've certainly been busy here the last couple of weeks. Best sign that I've seen on those um, electronic, you know, the side of the road billboards. No, you aren't good at texting and driving. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one. Uh, when was this? Uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago at this point, uh, maybe less than that, five years ago. I was going into Baltimore, and of course, you're going down 70 and such, and you're on the beltway, mm-hmm. and you got those big signpost signs and things that are up. And uh, one said something along the lines of, it doesn't matter if your turkey's going to burn or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. It goes back to people running red lights, Marsha. Yes. You see? Don't get me started again. Well, we'll step aside one final time and come back to wrap things up here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, attorneys at law. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Cavalli. If you missed it for the break, we had Morgan County Sheriff Casey Bohr on to give us some updates on uh, well, all of the pretty wild uh, news stories that have coming out uh, have come out of uh, Morgan County here in the last couple of weeks. You think it'd be quieter. Well, I mean, I don't know, you get out there and you know, you get out there in the woods. Right. There are for the most part there's no laws until you get caught. <sighs> okay. Right? Well, I meant and it's to a lot them. easier to not get caught out in the woods. We had a lovely Christmas at Cacapen mm-hmm. after our our power went off and we couldn't get our well and so we we were out of water. We spent Christmas at Cacapen. That was that was lovely. I had no idea all the chaos that had happened the night before. Yeah, just like a half mile up from where you were. Hey, programming note, tomorrow we're going to have Martinsburg Berkeley County Parks and Rec Director Bob Williams and Otis the Bugman is going to be on. He is uh, opening up a new office, rehabbed um, building. They're having the ribbon cutting tomorrow, so we're going to hear all about that. Where's that at? Uh, 801 South Washington Street. In Martinsburg? No, no, it's in Berkeley Berkeley Springs. Springs, yeah. So, um, yeah, the public is invited, too. So we'll talk to him about it. I, I tried to get him on today, and so we've been talking through the show, and, and I'm going to get him on definitely tomorrow. So Very cool. Yeah. It was fun talking to Otis last year. Yeah. Otis the bug man. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he always has amazing I don't know tips. how they do it. I don't, I don't know how, in the, how far in the weeds I want to get, but, like, um, yeah. So I, I wanted to um, 
to uh, give an update about Demar Hamlin, and and it seems as though Twitter is the place for the you know even during the events last night, people were like, well, ESPN, they were they seemed shell shocked. I was listening listening to some of the coverage, and they were right there and, and just kind of processing it too. A lot of people were getting updates from from Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's where I got uh, all my because I wasn't watching the game when that happened. Uh, and then a couple of my friends started texting about it, and then I flipped it over real quick. And um, scary stuff. I mean, cardiac arrest. That's I mean, mm-hmm. that's things that could happen at any time. And it just so happened that he took that you know hit to the chest. And because right. uh, we were talking about it on Panhandle Sports Live, and um, you know, you see a lot of that stuff, um, the precautions for that in youth sports, especially, especially youth baseball. Uh, a lot of uh, leagues will have them wear those uh, like compression shirts that have a pad that oh. goes right on their right in the middle of their chest. Because if you get hit by a ba- if somebody hits a baseball in the middle right. of your chest, it could stop your heart immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Or throws a baseball and hits you in the chest. Um, so they have them wear that to help negate from that. And this just seems like that's somewhat of what happened. But um, unbelievable response by the medical team on stat on Where hand they were right there, there, and, and they had the defibrillators ready and things. So, but can you imagine you you know not only the players that it's got this has got to be awful for them because they well it makes they it know real this, they know this man. Um, it makes it very, it makes sports very real, especially when you understands. get when you get in these bowl games. Everything's so pumped up, especially big game like that. Everything's so or, or I'm sorry, I was the same bowl game. Um, when you get into those uh, end of the season games, everything's so important and you know pumped up. You know, uh, different teams are watching. Like mm-hmm. I was curious about the game because if the Bengals win and the Ravens are quint- clinch the division, so there's all these different things. But the then, um, math. right? But then you know somebody essentially dies. On the field, thankfully, right. he, uh, you know, they brought him back, and he's in stable condition. Yeah, no, he's so in critical. critical. He's still, critical condition. So critical and stable. You can't say them both at the same time. They, they will say critical but stable. Okay, so that's but, what I meant. But everything I've read says just critical. Right. Um. So they, they, um, I read some experts saying that they are they'll probably wean him off a ventilator within the next twenty four hours or the right. twenty four hours after he arrives. But so. it makes it real. Mm-hmm. You know, and, playing a game, a kids game, and then. Something like that happens. It makes it very real for it. Kind of brings you back to reality. Do you do you think um, that it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to halt the game, or do you think they had to process it? Do, do you think mm. they were really? Do you think they ever considered con- continuing the game, or was oh. it just kind of a process of? I mean, you, you could know. you can't play that. You can't play that game last night. You can't right. play it after that because I mean, you see the pictures of how distraught the the players on the field were, the fans, I mean, everybody. It was such a long break also. I mean, time-wise, they had to go back out and really warm up and do all that and then just the emotional factor, I think it was just way too much. And again, we were talking about this trying to figure out a solution for it on Panhandle Sports Live and um I mean, they could have played it today. I think that probably would have been the easiest kind of fix, but No one's going to want to do that either. I can't well, imagine that that they even with a, a night of sleep. Yeah. Especially knowing he's still fighting for his life. Yeah. You know? But, uh, I mean, to sound, to play the cold hearted side of it, I mean, it's still business. You know, people got a lot of money invested. They mm-hmm. got they're, they got to get the game in somehow, right? Um, how they do it, I don't know, but very scary well, stuff. Well, if it was soccer, they could do penalty kicks. What do you do in football? <laughs> well, this happened in soccer like a year, two years ago. Wow. Yeah. This happened in soccer. So. Did they re- replay the game or? Was it that kind of? I think of they. Oh, I don't remember how the, Luke would know. Luke would remember better, but I can't remember how that ended. I feel like they kept playing the game. Wow. 
Yeah, I can't remember. But anyways, Marsha, that does it for us for today. If you missed any of the show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. For Marsha, I'm Jordan. Hoppy is next. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about today. Have a good one. We will talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.